and welcome to episode 27 of Set Your Mind To It with Michaela Campbell. This is a podcast where I share personal advice, tips and life experience to help like-minded, ambitious young women set their mind to it so that they can achieve their goals. So 2020 is over guys, how exciting and a happy new year to everyone that's listening. Pretty excited for 2021 and everything that it holds so hopefully you guys are excited too, have some big plans and exciting things coming up hopefully for yourselves if you've been listening to this podcast I did do a recent episode on why you should dream big so I think that was episode 25 probably a good time to go and have a listen to that now coming into the new year I don't normally set new year's resolutions or anything like that but might be a good time if you are someone who likes to do that to have a bit of a listen and make sure that you're excited about the year ahead because it's a great time to reevaluate, take a bit of time for some self-reflection and figure out what you want from this year. Not that you have to really let one year dictate it, but sometimes it's an easier way to go. I'm going to have a goal, do it by the end of the year. And, you know, that's all part of personal development as well, seeing what you can achieve and challenging yourself and pushing yourself and growing outside of your comfort zone as much as you can. So let's hope 2021 brings lots of opportunities for that. I'm definitely excited for that. So yeah let's see what this year shall hold but for today's episode guys I wanted to talk about something that I find that I've been doing a lot of myself lately and I think it's just a good one to talk about because like I normally say I did my little bit of a quick read up on the internet to see what was out there and this topic it's going to be all about are you numbing yourself there's so many different things out there about numbing yourself and different ways that people talk about it and I think I probably could have gone down the biggest rabbit hole if I had have let myself but I didn't really get too deep into it because I was like I'm just going to share what I've learned about numbing myself so that you can find out if you're numbing yourself as well in the way that I kind of had in my mind when I thought of this episode idea Because basically there's a lot of signs that you're numbing yourself and it can can come in lots of different forms. And I want to talk to you about the ones that I'm aware of because I think they cover a really broad spectrum. And I kind of mentioned it in my other episodes, but I've never done a whole episode on the signs that you are numbing yourself. And I think so many of us do it that it's probably worth a single episode on it so that you can actually figure out that maybe some of your habits and behaviors that you're doing are numbing and that they're actually a sign that there's something that you might need to work on that that's masking and that's going to be a massive part of your personal development journey if you're not able to address the core issues if there's something that you're avoiding because you're numbing yourself to it then there's something that you still need to work on and I say this because I know that I've been doing it a lot and even though I'm aware of that it's me numbing myself a little bit to some emotions I'm still doing it like I'm very consciously aware of that I'm doing it and still working through overcoming it and figuring out exactly why just when I think I figured it out I think something else adds on to it so let me tell you what I mean by all of this so ask yourself are you numbing yourself and you might be like "Hmm, what do you mean so There's a lot of different signs that you are numbing yourself and these are things that you might be doing to avoid feeling feelings of discomfort. Basically, it's your way of avoiding painful or negative emotions. 
Ideally, we should be processing these emotions and working through them so that they don't fester and get worse and worse and sit there until they kind of explode. But not all of us do that. It's very probably a small proportion of people that actually process those negative emotions. Instead, what a lot of people do, including myself, is we have some way to numb ourselves to those negative emotions. So it might be that you're feeling stressed. It might be overwhelmed. You might be feeling helpless. You might be feeling really sad. You might be feeling angry. You might be frustrated. You might be like it could be any negative type of emotion that you just don't want to feel because you'd rather just feel numb and take the edge of that pain. It could be something really significant like maybe you've gone through a breakup or you've lost a job because I know 2020 was the year for that. It could be a really major life event or it could be more little things that are all just building up and you're just not feeling great about them all. You're not quite coping as well as you'd like to be and so you're numbing and taking the edge off to make it more comfortable to get through the day-to-day And this numbing is all about surviving that day-to-day and making it more comfortable. The problem with numbing is that it also takes away the positive. So if you take the edge off the negative, you also take the edge off the positive. So you lose that real excitement and the joy because you're too busy numbing yourself to all emotions. You don't just get to selectively choose that you numb to negative. It does also tend to numb the the positive as well. So that's something to be really aware of. It's something I'm probably not aware of enough, but it is the way it works. If you're numbing yourself, you're kind of limiting the spectrum of emotions and the intensity of those emotions on both ends of that spectrum. So that's one thing to avoid to start with. But also we want to process these negative emotions. We don't just want to dull them so that we can feel more comfortable. We want to actually work through it because that's when we can feel more comfortable and content with our lives because we've dealt with everything. There's not things festering in the back of our minds. So I'm going to talk to you about the signs that you are numbing yourself because I know a lot of them from personal experience. My biggest one, and I'll go through all of them now and then maybe dive into each of them. So first of all, my biggest one I was going to say is stress eating. There's also, so that might be stress eating or emotional eating, binge watching Netflix or some kind of TV shows. It could be alcohol, drugs, sex, work, social media. All of those are ways of numbing yourself. But I want to talk through them a little bit more. So for me, I found that this past month, I have been very, very stressed and overwhelmed And I've been aware of that and ideally I would have liked to have been able to manage that in a better way with some mindfulness and journaling but instead it all just kind of (laughs) built up and I decided to cope with that by just eating and I've done episodes on body image and everything so this might sound a little bit different to some of those but it was just my go-to and I recognize it as When I am not coping as well, I do go to eating and I can look back and see this in different instances in my life. So even in the past when I didn't think I was stress eating, I would literally eat rather than feel bored. So I knew 
that in hindsight I could see that I'd gotten a little bit better at one point but then it's kind of crept back in and this is one thing that you have to be aware of sometimes these habits that you form to numb yourself become a habit so it's not just that you're doing it to numb yourself and that you can decide not to numb yourself and stop doing it you've also got to then break the habit which if you've done for years and years can be really really hard to do and I was also thinking of doing an episode about falling back into old habits based on this because it's definitely been something I've dealt with this past month and still dealing with (laughs) because there's still a bit of stress but I noticed that it's a pattern of mine that my way to cope with feeling really overwhelmed one I try to take action but sometimes when I get so overwhelmed I just choose to snack and it's not the meals I still eat really healthy good meals but the snacking it could be healthy snacking it could be unhealthy snacking it has been unhealthy snacking lately especially chocolate bit of a weakness and I just will snack rather than there's something about it so say for example you're eating chocolate or some sugary you know junk food whatever it might be having that hit of sugar makes you feel good and that feels better even though I feel guilty and worse afterwards it feels better to get that hit of you know the endorphins from the sugar rush and everything or just the snacking the food tastes good you get that little high from the food that feels better than sitting with the uncomfortable emotions I'm well aware of it and even at times I was like making that conscious choice of like look I would rather just have a little snack because I am not coping right now and so that was what I was doing and then the problem is you might do it for a couple of days or a week or two when you're really really overwhelmed and then the problem is it becomes a habit so even when the overwhelm goes down you've then started this really bad habit that you then have to break so you have to then (laughs) do a lot of work and that can be really hard habits are hard to break you've got to change your thought process you've got to change your actions there's a lot to it it can be done but it takes the will and the want and the know-how to do so So that's where I've been at and I know it's because I've been trying to plan a move interstate from Victoria to Western Australia and the borders keep on opening and closing between different states which keep changing plans. Trying to move over somewhere where I know no one, finding a house, being told that by pretty much everyone I shouldn't drive, that I should fly but I've got a dog and a car and a life's worth of stuff to take with me has been a lot to figure out. I'm someone who's pretty good at planning and figuring all of these details of things out, but it's been overwhelming as hell when plans keep on changing and I don't have set dates to work with because things are changing at a very rapid pace. So trying to find a house without a start date for work and without a date to get across the borders was a lot. (laughs) And it was exciting, but There was also a lot of overwhelm and a lot of stress and a lot of worry. And so sometimes I chose a bit of chocolate to take the edge off that stress and that worry and overwhelm and the fear, I guess, as well of the unknown. I'm someone who is very aware that I don't do super well with change. I do tend to like having a really set routine, having everything being really consistent and that's not going to be the case so there's going to be a lot of unknowns and a lot of new things and that excites me but it also terrifies me of all the things I'm going to have to do along the way so (laughs) there was a lot of emotions there and 
even though there was some excitement, it was easier to take the edge off the fear, the worry, the stress, the anxiety about it all and how it was going to work out because I'm someone who likes to know what's going to happen and it was easier to take the edge off those negative emotions. Even though it might have taken the edge off the excitement without me realizing, I would have preferred that time to have a snack and take the edge off. I made that conscious decision sometimes and then it became a really bad habit that at night I would just snack and snack and snack. So that's my experience. That's my worst thing. And it's stress eating, it's emotional eating, and it's a whole episode in itself really if you're someone who struggles with that as well because it is just a way of coping with emotions which means that you need to come up with some other strategies to cope with it. And I'm aware of that and I'm aware that it's a lot easier said than done which is the same for all of these different ways of numbing I'm going to talk about. But I want you to just be aware of it in this episode that you're asking yourself, are you numbing yourself and are you using these strategies to do that? Because you might not have even realized that your snacking at night was a way of coping with emotions because I know for years I would, you know, every night when I was with my partner, you know, sit on the couch, watch some Netflix and just snack and eat. And so this is a habit formed over years as well. But I look back now and think, what was I snacking for? Like, obviously wasn't hungry. And I look back and it was just either stress of uni or boredom of just sitting there, you know, watching Netflix. It takes the edge off the boredom, makes you feel good in the moment. So if you're bored, that doesn't feel as good as, you know, having a bit of chocolate. So it makes those emotions more tolerable, takes the edge off the shitty emotions and makes you feel better. So stress boredom and that might be all it is. You might not be overwhelmed. You might not be scared. It might not be anything major happening. You might not be dealing with a breakup because you know about like you see in the movies, someone goes through a terrible breakup and like, it's okay. Like we'll get you a tub of ice cream or you just see them sitting there with a tub of ice cream, eating it with a spoon. That's because that's a lot of people's way of coping and it's portrayed in the movies and everything as a way of coping with that breakup but we probably don't really understand about it enough. So I'm just giving you the insight that the reason people might be eating their feelings is because it takes the edge off those negative feelings and gives that little feel good, even though you might feel even worse afterwards because you're feeling guilty and then crap about yourself for not nourishing your body. That's why we're doing it. So that's probably enough about stress eating, but I just feel like if you're listening to this, you might be finding that this is a very common one um, if you're a similar demographic, I guess, to myself. That's a really easy go-to. It's not really demonized by anyone in society too much if you're snacking, especially if you do it with some kind of semi-healthy foods. But it just might be that you have some crackers and then some fruit and then some chocolate and then some something and something and it just keeps going and you don't stop when you're full. So that's just something to be aware of as the first sign that you're numbing yourself or one of the strategies that you might be using without realizing. The second one, and these are just not in any particular order, but the second one I wrote down was binge watching Netflix or any TV show. It could just be daytime TV if people even have that anymore. (laughs) But it's just taking your mind off what is stressing you out or what's feeling crap. It's a way to zone out takes the edge of the emotion as well and you can just part of it's not thinking too much about the problem at hand but by not thinking about the problem at hand or whatever emotions are at hand you're not processing them 
So that then becomes a real problem because you still have to process those emotions. Unless you process emotions, they stay there. They'll either get worse or they'll twist and turn into something else, but they don't go away. So watching Netflix, and I think so many of us do it now because we can, it's so easily accessible is, you know, we get home, might have some dinner and then we watch Netflix or whatever show or platform you're watching for hours on end. Like think about that hours and hours when in the past, like before technology, People wouldn't have had this opportunity and this probably goes hand in hand with social media as well and you might spend hours and hours on your phone scrolling and not thinking through what's actually happened in your day, what you're actually worried about. You're not thinking about the past or the future or the present. You're completely putting yourself in a different reality which means you get to avoid your reality and that's the danger because then you're not processing anything and you're numbing any and all emotions the positive and the negative in that situation because you're just checked out so it might not provide the exact same high as a little sugar rush does but it's still addictive in its very own sense because it dulls emotions and a lot of people and like I said before like myself included are willing to trade off some of those real intense positive emotions if it means that we can take away the intense negative a lot of us will do a lot more to avoid painful emotions than we will to chase positive emotions. It's just the way the brain's wired. So you might think, oh yeah, I know I binge watch Netflix, but why? What are you avoiding feeling? Like if you actually got home tonight and didn't put on Netflix, what would you do? What would you sit and think about? Like could you sit by yourself without your phone, without music, with nothing and just sit with yourself for a while like how would you feel would you feel happy and content or would you feel really restless would you feel bored and uncomfortable and look for something to do straight away could you sit with your own emotions because I don't think any of us do that like if I think about my whole day from start to finish like we've always got our phones on us or we've got a laptop or a tv or something to watch and in between that I'm always doing something like I don't know about you guys but I don't spend a lot of time just sitting doing nothing like I'm always doing and this is something I did read is that if you're numbing yourself you might be addicted to doing so rather than just being you're constantly doing and I definitely know I do this so when I'm not eating and watching Netflix which I tend to do together as well so double whammy for the numbing there and if you want to really make it worse on your phone on Netflix while having a snack <laughs> like really just checking out of all emotions I don't tend to just sit in my emotions and this is where we need to meditate and journal because those are the times where we actually sit in those emotions and I think a part of me has felt guilty because I'm probably not doing as much of that as I should be then guess what a great way to feel less guilty is to have a snack or <laughs> watch some Netflix because then you don't have to feel that feeling you just numb it You dull it right down because you don't focus on it, but you don't process it. So it's still there. You still have to deal with it whenever you stop doing that activity. So I want you to think about that next time you catch yourself doing something that isn't really helpful. It's just something that you do because you enjoy it. But why? Why do you enjoy it? Are you watching Netflix with intention? Like are you sitting down to really enjoy a movie or do you just chuck it on every night so that you don't have to think? 
ask yourself that because it's a really important question are you constantly doing things or numbing yourself versus being present with yourself the next one is probably a bit more demonized by society alcohol and drugs I've put them together because they're both kind of two sides of a coin in terms of numbing and having that addictive effect that any of these all have like all of these we tend to get addicted to them going through in terms of like Netflix or stress eating or work or social media like we're addicted to all of them some of them have that chemical component that we get addicted to and some people might have more addictive personalities than others and find that they get addicted more easily but these two I guess have that chemical compound and you might find that you do all of these like you might be using a big combination of the things that I go through in order to numb yourself so maybe you just have a drink every night like one or two maybe you binge drink on the weekends and you're doing that so that you're numbing yourself as well numbing to the positive numbing to the negative but mostly we do it to numb the negative and we don't realize the effect on the positive but I think society doesn't demonize alcohol as much as drugs but they're both ways to numb so if you're doing drugs I think that's probably commonly seen as a way to avoid your emotions and because you're not coping or dealing but I think all of these are different ways and that perhaps we shouldn't be demonizing one or the other because it's really just showing that there's something that someone's not processing regardless of what method they choose to numb that with maybe they have more going on that they're struggling to cope or process but it doesn't mean that it's any worse um, in terms of like they've chosen perhaps a more harmful method to numb but it's no different I guess I mean to say in terms of it's just another method of numbing even though it's more demonized so alcohol or drugs there's probably a lot more to say about that but I think I'll just leave it there and then the next one I hadn't thought about this too much until I'd heard some other people kind of mention that they were using this to numb themselves and that's sex and it could be meaningless casual sex maybe it's more meaningful but I would interpret this to be probably the more meaningless sex as a way to numb and I hadn't really thought about that too much like I said but I think it's probably more common than we realize that we aren't doing it as often perhaps as watching Netflix or you might be I don't know depends on your life (laughs) how exciting your life is Um, but I think when we do that if it is a casual hookup and by no means am I demonizing a casual hookup or anything but I just want you to ask yourself is that a way to numb yourself or is it a way to feel good for a little bit so maybe it's to um, you're not dulling the negative but you're adding the positive emotion and maybe it's a false positive emotion because it's not a real connection or anything meaningful and again it doesn't have to be but ask yourself if you're doing it time and time again just to feel good for that couple of hours or that night or that day is it a way for you to kind of numb the fact that there's some other negative emotions that you're not dealing with so you're taking that hit of hormones which is like oxytocin and some other ones that get released during sex is that why you're looking for those hookups or 
that connection. Maybe it's the same person that you keep going back to and back to and back to. Is it to get that hit, that feel good, to avoid some other negative emotions? Are you numbing yourself with that? Ask yourself that because it's one I had to ask myself about. I was like, hmm, that's an interesting one I hadn't thought about because a lot of these other ones I'd thought about. So for you, maybe you hadn't thought about any of them before as numbing. Maybe you just thought they were things you did. But maybe for this one, ask yourself or for all of them. Is it something that you're doing to numb or is it something that you're consciously doing and choosing to enjoy for the thing itself or is it because you're avoiding something else? So I guess with that one, just look at the intentions behind it and if it's really fulfilling and makes you feel good or if it makes you feel good and then you feel crap again in a few hours afterwards if it was just that temporary high and then you feel a bit crappy about yourself because you didn't do it for the right reasons within yourself. I'm not talking about society's right reasons of doing it for love or anything like that, but did you do it just to get that temporary feel-good emotion? And it's like looking for external validation of I am worthy and wanted by someone else, therefore I feel good. Is that why you're doing it? Are you doing it because you want to? Like, just have a look at the reasons. So I'll leave you with that one to ponder because I think it's interesting. The next one, I think we probably heard a bit more of, but being a workaholic. So are you numbing yourself with work? This one I think maybe is a little bit more self-explanatory now that I've explained some of the others. So same thing. Do you spend all your time with work? This has probably been portrayed to be more healthy in the media and, you know, movies and everything like that. Like being a workaholic, sure, it's not great because it might start to harm relationships. But we do tend to put it on a bit of a pedestal in terms of the things that you could be addicted to works a great one because you're being productive and you're contributing to society versus someone who's addicted to drugs we tend to see them as not contributing to society but it's still an addiction and you're still numbing because you're still not coping with something so in that sense they're still the same like you're still avoiding something if you're someone who works 40 60 80 hour weeks whatever it might be and 40 hours I know is the full-time hours but just looking at how much of your life that consumes, how much of your time you spend thinking about work and throwing yourself into work, is that because you're avoiding something else? Are you avoiding some conflict at home? Are you avoiding feeling bored? Are you avoiding low self-worth? And this is probably a big one, that if you've got really low self-worth, having your work gives you a sense of purpose and meaning. But this year has taught me more than anything in the past ever has that work can be taken away and you've got to have a sense of purpose without work and I think I've been someone who's probably been a little bit of a workaholic in a sense of I haven't been full-time but while I've been at uni I've definitely thrown myself into work as much as I possibly could on top of a full-time uni loan and you know some weeks that might have been 30 hours a week on top of uni some weeks it was less but That was also on top of, you know, having friends, family, relationship and juggling all of that. And that was a lot. And I think I can definitely see that it was a way to gain a sense of worth, a sense of purpose, identity. And you can get some of your identity from work if you're really passionate and love what you do, because that's, you know, what we spend 40 hours of our week doing. We want to make sure that we love what we do and that we are passionate and driven and can see the purpose of it but if our whole purpose comes from our work it's really problematic because all it takes is a year like 2020 
and you can very easily be stripped of that and I found that when I didn't have work you know a couple of hours a week at most I had to really take a step back and be like what is my purpose when I'm not contributing and that's a really hard thing to actually sit back and look at so a lot of people take their purpose from their work but what what have you got without that you need to have your sense of purpose not just in work it needs to come from other things work can be a part of it but it can't be all of it and so if you're someone who's a workaholic you need to ask yourself what's your purpose outside of work because it's a high chance that you drive or you get your sense of self-worth from work and that you're probably numbing to some emotions as well in terms of you don't have to think if you've got a job that requires you to be on you don't have to think about the positive or the negative emotions or anything you just think about work you're focused but you're not dealing with the rest of your life and there needs to be other parts to your life because you can't just have work because it could get taken away and also just to have a fulfilled content life because I can bet you that if you are someone who's a workaholic are they content it's probably not going to be yes 100% I love my life because they're probably going to be stressed and burnt out and we all need to have some kind of balance and you know that comes in relationships and you know enjoyment of life and just getting that balanced life you know what I'm talking about I don't need to explain it (laughs) so yeah that's a different form of numbing that's probably portrayed as a good one in the media but I'd say it's just the same as everything else and the last one that I jot down here is social media but I pretty much covered that because it's the same I think as jumping on Netflix and binge watching that it's just slightly different and probably almost worse in a way because we jump on social media and then we compare ourselves to everyone else on it. So not only are we numbing ourselves by not focusing on our present and our reality and being mindful of what's going on, we're then comparing to everyone else that seems to have perfect lives and being like, oh, why don't I have that all together? So it's almost more harmful because it's that comparison. And if you haven't already, go back and listen to the episode just before this, episode 26 on why comparison is the thief of joy because me oh my we do not want to be comparing ourselves to others because it really just steals any and all happiness and it's not an accurate reflection of how we should be feeling because we just shouldn't compare to others it's yeah a bit of a trap don't do it (laughs) go listen to the previous episode if you haven't already please because I think you'll take a bit out of that so there you go that's the signs that I jotted down there might be others that I haven't thought of but I tend to hear these all mentioned quite a lot from a lot of different people. So I think these are all quite recognized as ways that people numb themselves. And I'm not sure, maybe this is something you're already aware of, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe some of these are new to you. So I hope that you kind of take this on board and ask yourself if you've been numbing yourself. And it's okay if you have been. I'm not saying, oh my God, you're numbing yourself. Stop it. (laughs) Because I've been doing it too. And that's why this episode is a why are you numbing yourself, not a how to stop numbing yourself because I think that's going to be really individual and unique to everyone and some things like journaling and meditation, being more mindful and present are all going to be super important. Processing your emotions is all a big part of that because that's what we're numbing, our emotions at the end of the day. But just ask yourself, first of all, have some compassion and ask yourself, Are you numbing yourself? If the answer is yes, if you're doing, these are just the signs that you're numbing yourself. So if you're doing any of these things, 
then that's the answer. Yes, you're numbing yourself. And then the next question from that, if you want to go that next step further, why? What are you numbing? What are you not dealing with? Or what are you feeling too much of? For me, when I or am <laughs> stress eating, it's overwhelm, feeling really anxious and worried that things won't work out, seeing the worst case scenario rather than the best case scenario always and just letting those worries that don't tend to come true take over and that that becomes too much the stress becomes too much and so my go-to is let's dull that down I need a little break from it um the voice in my head is just going 100 miles an hour I just want to take it down a notch and so some Netflix bit of social media and some snacks do that perfectly (laughs) And so sometimes I can consciously choose that, but then it becomes a really hard habit to break. So ask yourself, what's your why? It could be so, so different to mine, but there will be a why. There's going to be something that you're avoiding or trying to dull down. So ask yourself, have a real honest and compassionate conversation with yourself. Journal it down if you like. That does tend to help and see what you come up with. Because then from there, you can take action and you can make the changes if you wish to. So Hope that's been helpful. Hopefully you might have learned something even. Um, If you have enjoyed this episode and you want to share it, please, please, it'd be super helpful. Share it on whatever your social media is and tag me in it. I'm at setyourmindtoit, followed by an underscore on Instagram. And if you've got a chance, it would be fantastic if you could take a second to rate and review the podcast that helps it get found and that would be super awesome because then some more people can listen and hear the podcast. So thanks so much for listening and I'll chat to you guys next week. Bye.